good. Tell them not fam. Not unless there's something good. You know, tell them one thing that God has done for you in your life. Just one thing. I'll give you guys a moment. Tell your neighbor, right? It could be both the right and the left. Tell them what God has done in your life. Give you guys a moment. This is elevated, right? We, we have experienced God, right? Amen. We know who God is. A few more moments, a few more moments. Now, on the count of three, what is our title, right? Oh, coincidence. On the count of three, shout it out. One, two, three. Oh, well, we're, we're, all, we're all out of loop right here. Okay, oh, my bad, my bad. The subtitle, there you go. We get technical. We got some smart people in here, right? On the count of three, one, two, three. Okay, we're still a little off. Just subtitle, subtitle, subtitle. You can't read? Okay, we have translators for you. Someone get this man a headphone. We'll translate it to his, his language. If there's music, please shut it off. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. Amen. And what has God done? Right? It's a good question. A lot of people, uh, we believe in God simply because our parents tell us to, and we hold fast to that, but we've never actually experienced God. And I was like that as well. But you know what? Since we're obviously in the month of Memorial Day, you know, we're in the, the, the sermon series called Remember. And last week we talked about, we, we spoke about what? Remember the past. Remember the past. Right? We talked about how to remember the past. Uh, basically how God, he blots out our transgression. And he forgets our sin. Literally forgets it. Amen? And then now we just leave the past behind. When we look to the past, it's out of thankfulness for how God has saved us. This week, we will learn to remember what God has done. So again, that's still sticking along the terms of like past, right? What God has already done. And here's the thing. This is something that I think people have been doing for, for generations. People always look back, right? We talked about that photos and everything. But they look back a lot on big moments, like big moments that God has done. When you go around church, you hear this word called testimony. Everybody say testimony. So everybody, anybody ever hear about that word testimony? Amen. Anybody here got a testimony? Amen. You should have a testimony. If you don't, yeah, you should be worried. You should repent. So here's the thing, right? Some examples of what God has done for pretty much everybody. He created the earth. He created the heavens. He gave us breath. He gave us a body. He gave us a mind. He, getting more into biblical things, he spared Noah. Big thing in sparing Noah. He could have just been done away with humanity. Could have just got rid of him. Could have been like, you know what? These people are annoying. Let me just, that's it. Let me start over. But he spared Noah. Then delivering the Jews out of Egypt, well, we'll talk about a lot today. Then he sent Jesus. Amen, right? Praise God for, for that, that, what God did for there. He saved people, right? Uh, he changes lives. God has changed people from murderers to doctors. God has changed people that were perverted to pure until marriage, and they get it on with their wife or husband. God has changed people that were hurt, and he's healed them, make them, make them healers, right? So God changes people. 
And, and God does these things to constantly, right? Constantly. In Africa, God is changing people over there. Africa's a nation full of genocide, full of people that uh, just kill their own race, right? If you guys don't know about Africa, look it up. It's insane. But slowly but surely, God is moving. By 2020, Africa is set to be, uh, and not just Africa, right? I'm talking about Sudan. I'm talking about Nigeria. I'm talking about African countries in that big continent. They're going to have 10 of the top uh, populated Christian countries known in this, or, in this world. So they're going to have literally almost two, four, five, six, seven, and eight, but they were just killing each other not so long ago. So God is moving. He is doing things. But the real question is, right, what has God done for you? right? What has God done for you? That was a question I think many people, when they can't answer it, they're quick to backslide, and they don't even know if they're Christians or not. That's just the truth. So if we go to Psalm 143, verse 5, actually go to Deuteronomy 5, 15 first, and be ready for Judges 8, 34. This is a theme, right? Remembering what God has done. This is a theme or a, a certain thing found in the Bible a lot, okay? It's literally used 20 times, 20 plus times in Deuteronomy. Everybody say Deuteronomy. I just want to see if y'all can say that, because when I first started reading the Bible, I, had a, I would stutter when saying that. I'd be like, do, 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 Deuteronomy? I, I couldn't even say it, man. It was a struggle. But you guys can say it. Deuteronomy for 20, 20 plus times, right? Telling us to remember the Lord, his salvation, his judgment, his guidance. Basically, remember how God set you free from Egypt. Anybody know about Egypt? You should know about Egypt. It's with the pharaohs, King Tut. Anybody ever heard of King Tut? If you paid attention in, in kindergarten or first grade, they probably told you. Listen, pharaoh, uh, Egypt, the Israelites were enslaved for 400 years. 400 years, they were enslaved in Egypt, okay? They were crying out to God, but so many of them had forgotten who God was. They couldn't remember what he, what he did for their people 400 years before. So God heard their cry, right? And Moses comes, and God uses Moses to set the, the Israelites free, okay? Everybody heard of the plagues? Everybody heard of the Red Sea that split? Everybody heard of that? Right? And then the Israelites come in. Okay, so now the Israelites, they're in the wilderness. They're in this desert place. God is leading them to a promised land. It's like, imagine, you ever been on a road trip with your family? No? If you haven't, man, I'm really sorry for you. When you get a family of your own, you can do it, right? But they're, they're really fun sometimes, but when you're young, you get impatient, right? You're like, Mom, Dad, what the heck? When are we going to be there already? When are we going to be at Idaho or Texas or some of y'all that are real crazy, where are we going to be at Mexico? You know, like if you actually drive over there, I heard it's insane. But, right, you get impatient. And this is how the Israelites were. They were getting impatient with Moses because they thought they were being sent off. It's been years, Moses. When are we going to get to the promised land? In that, there was a lot of problems, and they continued to forget about what God had done. So God, right, he said this, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Everybody say, Remember. And that the Lord your God brought you out there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Right? So, hey, guys, with this uh, a raise of hands, how many of you guys think the Israelites remembered what God did? Raise your hands if you think they did. Good guess, Death. That's a good guess. Okay, how many of you think they didn't? Okay, we got some undecided. We got some people that are saying he didn't. Thank you, Daniel, up high like that. 
Judges 8.34, please. Let's see if they did, right? This is literally maybe a few, verse, a few books after, and it's talking about Israelites, and they did not remember the Lord their God who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. So they actually ended up forgetting, just, just maybe a, gen, a couple generations later. So God told them, don't forget, but they forgot really quickly. And this is a constant theme. If we can go to the slide real quick. It's a cycle almost. And, and just, to, just to, to paint the picture, uh, the PowerPoint slide, please. Yep, thank you. So this is a, uh, the cycle of the forgetful, right? And it looks real blurry. Goodness gracious. Wow. Wow. Listen, man, this is like all, it looks real good here. If you guys can just turn around and look right here, that looks a lot, it still looks a little blurry. Goodness, is this zoomed in? It's all right. We're, we're still, I guess I'm still working with Dell or, or something. Just forgive me, right? We will have better quality next time. But either way, look at here, right? So this is a cycle almost. God forgives Israelites, right? He sets them free, forgives them. They forget. They sin, rebel. They go to destruction as they're going towards destruction, right? Now, here's the thing. There's death on that side. They feel bad. They cry out to the Lord. God forgives them, and they do this for years, God forgives them. They forget that about his forgiveness. Instead of going towards abundant life, walking right, they keep sinning and rebelling, having destruction. It's just like that dude that can't live right for Jesus, and they just keep falling back into sin, falling back into sin, falling back into sin. Oh, wow. Praise God. Who did that? Who did that? Bro, wow. Goodness. You deserve a raise. I don't know where you... Wherever you're working, you deserve a raise. So, right... Right here, God forgives them, right? They should be walking this way. But they forget about God when he did for them. They sin, they rebel, their hearts get hard. They end up, right, going towards death. Destruction is in their life, so they turn around after that destruction. God will allow bad things to happen just to let you know, hey, you're on the wrong path. You're on the wrong path. You're on the wrong path. You need to turn. So they turn, right? God forgives them. They do it over and over again. This goes on for years, years. And they continue to do this. If we go to Psalm 143, verse 5, right? And now that was the introduction. This is literally the great, like one of the best verses I've read on remembering. But Psalm 143, verse 5. You can take, thank you. Whoever, um, Psalm 143, verse 5, please. It reads like this. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. You guys may think, oh, dude, that's just like the most simple verse ever, right? This is the most simple verse ever. But this verse is literally the point of this message. Like, it's, it's, if you do this, right, if you do this, you will not backslide. You will not backslide. You see, one thing it says right here, and it says, I remember on the days of long ago, it refers you back to the past. So, hey, listen, guys, it's good to look back to the past in this situation, Remember like last week, right, we talked about how, right, we were separated from God, right? So when we look at our past, we have to remember our past because we're not better than anyone really. We were just as bad as anyone else, but by the blood of Jesus, our sins were washed clean. So when you look back in the past, you should look back in long days, the days of long ago, who you were before Christ. Who you were before Christ. Look on the days of long ago, you know? Look back on what you used to cuss at people, get angry, right? Maybe even lie all the time, right? Do drugs, whatever your past is, or maybe you're just, you were just an, a bitter individual. I don't know 
all of your stories, right? But the Bible is telling us to look, right, on the days of long ago. Remember the days of long ago. Then I want to encourage you to do this. Go to Deuteronomy 32, 7. Remember not just what God has done for you in the past, right? So now you're looking in the past. What has God done for you in each one? I did that this morning, and I looked back on the earliest thing I can remember. I was 10 years old. I was sitting in the hospital. My mom had been in the hospital for two weeks. And I remember the doctor had pulled me aside, right? I didn't know what for. I had faith in God that whatever was wrong with my mom would get fixed. I mean, I was probably playing like Nintendo DS at that time. Throwback. Then doctor pulls me aside. I don't know what to expect. Complete faith in God. All of a sudden he tells me, he's like, I'm sorry, I don't know how to tell you this, but your mom has passed away. So I remember that, and that was a sad moment, but here's the thing. God... Within five minutes, I'm bawling, I'm crying. Five minutes, God gives me this peace. <laughs> oh, I did not understand at all. I started going to my aunts, my uncles. I started telling them to trust in the Lord as 10 year, at 10 years old. You see, this is what God does. God gives people peace that transcends all understanding. Then, then God wasn't done with me that because after my mom passed away, the God, was, God was still good to me. I ended up turning away from him completely. I remember my cousin, by the grace of God, she invited me to a youth group. I felt some type of conviction. I want to believe it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. He convicts everyone on this earth. That's his ministry, right? So I go to this youth group, and I'm almost like in this disbelief with God at this point. You know, I've been in sin for a while. I started being low. I mean, I, I, I've been, I was kind of starting to do whatever my friends were doing at 13. But at an altar at another church, pastor's like, you know, ask God. To show you that he's here, right? Now, I don't recommend everybody do this, man. Jesus rebuked some people for doing that, but you can do that. And so I did that kind of even, even with a believing heart. This is, it was so crazy. And I felt literally an energy, right? I felt God touch me. And I looked around because I was an angry kid, so I was ready to like punch whoever, push whoever away from me because it felt really, felt really weird. Turned around, no one's even there. And I, I, I knew it was God. God was letting me know that he was there for me. Right? He was letting me know he was there for me. Still turned away from God, kept doing that, but God would not let go. And I kept thinking in the morning, what else did God do for me? I remember when I got saved now. I had been dealing with sin for years, anger, depression, pornography, perversion, all that I could think of, jealousy, envy. I mean, I realized I was really jacked up, and I kept trying to be a better person. I kept trying to cuss less. I kept trying to do less bad things, and, and it wasn't working. Then finally, God, right, in his mercy... And an altar call, I just asked him simply to set me free. And I remember just a weight coming off of me. The Bible says that he gives a yoke that is easy and a burden that is light. So I remember those things. I started looking back this morning. I'm like, thank you. It just it, it produced in the heart of me thankfulness, right? But I don't just have to do it for me. It says right here in Deuteronomy 32, 7, Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father, and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. So you remember the days of old. Remember the things that have happened to other people. See, God doesn't just move in your life. It's not just about what he's doing in your life, but it's about what he's doing in your neighbor's life, what he's, do what he's done in your parents' life, what he's done in the older people's lives. I mean, we have Humberto and Kirsten here. Where they've te Kirsten testified. I mean, people were cured from diseases. They were able to find housing after a house was burnt on fire. I mean, I mean, just testimony after testimony of what God has done for them. And if you wanted to be encouraged, all you do is have to simply come up to them and be like, man, tell me what God has done for you. 
You see, the Bible is telling us to look back to the old days, but not just our old days, but literally the old days in general. And you should look back to the Bible when God was faithful to Noah, when he was faithful to humanity. You should look back in the word of God, have faith, and understand that God will be faithful to you as well. See, that's how we look back in the days of long ago. Then, uh, as it continues in Psalm 143, verse 5, it says, I meditate, right? Everybody say meditate. I ain't talking about what the, the Hindus and the Buddhists do where they cross their legs and they just, you know, do that finger thing. And I mean, that's racist now, supposedly, or whatever. So they're a bunch of racists, I guess, you know. So, but I'm not talking about that, right? And it says, the, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. This, to meditate and to consider, in summary, just means this, to think deeply about something and weigh out its importance. Weigh it out. And a lot of us do this about a lot of things, right? I mean, we, we do this about sleep versus Fortnite. We say, man, dude, bro, fan, the, the, man, the squad's asking me to play Fortnite. It's 2 a.m. I got school tomorrow. I, I mean, dude, I really want to play Fortnite, but I need to get my hours of sleep. But Fortnite's way important, way more important. I got to get them W's. So a lot of us, right, not all of us, not all of us, I'm not being stereotypical here, we'll choose Fortnite. We weigh out its importance. We consider it deeply. Then a lot of us, we do meditate. We don't even th- understand we're meditating, right? We think deeply about what we're going to eat, man, when we go to a restaurant. We're like, dang, if I choose this, my stomach may hurt. But, man, I just remember how good that burger was from, uh, from uh, Red Robin. I remember the bacon, uh, how it felt on my teeth when I just chewed it. And I remember this, the onions. Oh, man, dude. And then we meditate on it. We just start thinking about it. But listen, the Bible's telling us, I meditate on all your works. Who's the your in this verse? If you can leave the verse up there. Who's the your? No, 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 no. Go, go back to the verse, TJ. Leave that up, please. Psalm 143, verse 5. Or wait for it. I want you guys all to see this. Because not, I'm not talking about your works. I'm not talking about your deeds. If you could put up Psalm 143, verse 5. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works, your hands. Who is it? On the count of three, who's the your? On the count of three, who's the your? On the count of three, who's the your? Amen. It's Jesus. God. God. His works. His hands. What have they done? So here's the thing. It's not about you and what you've done. You see, we're looking back at what God has done, the works of his hands. You know, we, th- we don't really think about this unless you're like, you like the stuff. But think about this. The guy who made the piano, right? If you like pianos, you're going to be like, man, look how he crafted this. Look how every key is just perfectly in place. You're, you look at a microphone, if you're in the sound, you're like, wow, this is a nice microphone. When you look at laptops, if you're a guitar fanatic like Jason in the back, you're going to be like, dude, I remember when he showed me his new guitar, his the guitar one time, it was black and everything, and he was just thinking about it, and he was talking about it. And, and here's the thing, we can do that with the works of God and what he, his hands have done in our life, in other people's lives, right? So we are to consider, to think deeply, to weigh out how important it is we're to do that for God. So you, there's some ways to do that. You can journal, right? You can write it down in your phone. You can put it as a Facebook status. This is what God has done. You could tell someone. If you go to Psalm 9, verse 1 through 2, 
It was, it was not Psalm 91. Psalm 9, verse 1 through 2, right? So you could tell someone, and this is, the, this is the cool thing, right? You don't just have to think about it all day, right? Once you think about it, you meditate about it, and you consider it, you now want to tell everybody. So Psalm 9, verse 1 through 2, it says this, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. You see, when you remember his deeds, when you start to think about it, consider how important it was in your life. If I had not been saved, where would I be? Where would I be right now if I didn't know Jesus? Some of you guys wouldn't even be here. You would have committed suicide. You would have been in jail. You would have been a druggie. You would have dropped out of school. You don't know where you've been. Consider how important the works of his hands are. How awesome his deeds are. And then I only think about it and, and, and just let it sink in. But now tell the world. Screaming from the mountains house. This is what God has done for me. You see, if God has done something for you, right? If God has done something for you, then best believe he wants to do something for your neighbor. He wants to do something for your friends. Sometimes we, right, we forget ourselves and you should tell them, hey, remember what God did for me. Like, I remember my mom growing up, she would always encourage me, even in dialysis, talking about how God has done things in her life week after week. She would tell the nurses. She would tell the people taking care of her. Some of us, we, we, get, uh, you know, so, you know, we get a bad text from a girlfriend we like or a girl we like or a boy we like, and we get discouraged and we forget what God has done. Listen, give thanks to the Lord with all your heart and tell of his wonderful deeds. Remember them. Remember the works of his hands. Remember his awesome deeds. Listen, this is, this, is not, this is not something you just go to church for. This is an everyday thing. Remember daily what God has done for you. So do you remember the things God has done for you? Do you? I'm going to be honest. I don't always do this. Sometimes, because God is faithful, he provides. But sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I'll think, man, dude, I, I don't, you know, I, I'll be so in, emo, in the motions. I'll be so in a rut, right? Or not in a rut, but in the motions, doing my thing, X, Y, and Z, you know, going to work, doing this, doing that, that I forget all the things that God has done in my life. But that's the wrong way to do it. So if you're also doing that, just going with the motions, going to school, going to elevate, going to your sport, doing this, that you forget about what God has done, then you should repent. You should repent. Remember what God has done. Think of his, think, meditate and consider just his works, right? And if we can go to verse, uh, go to Nehemiah chapter 9, 16 through 18. Chapter 9, 16 through 18. So this is Nehemiah, right? This is way after, way after the Israelites are in Egypt, going back to the Israelites. And when he's talking about our ancestors, he's talking about the people in the wilderness, right? So he's saying, but they, our ancestors, who's the they? Who are they? Yeah, there you go. Who said that? Amen, amen. Oh, both of you guys? Oh, snap, okay. And the count of three, say Israelites. One, two, three. Now the Israelites, again, they were in the wilderness. They were like that annoying little brother, that annoying little sister in the road trip. Kept asking, God, are we, oh, God, are we there? Dad, are we there yet? And I'm tired, God. I'm hungry, man. I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go back to Egypt. They actually said, they forgot so bad that they said, let me go back to Egypt, to slavery. Let me put them chains back on. Let me put them shackles back on my feet. 
Let me work hard for labor. So they were thinking, Lou, they forgot so bad they were going back there. Now, but they, our ancestors, became arrogant and stiff-necked. They were arrogant and stiff-necked. That means they wouldn't move. You ever met someone uh, that literally wouldn't budge for anything in their life? Like they always stuck with their own opinion. They were stubborn. Yeah, that was the Israelites. That was their list. You couldn't tell them, you know, that, you know, listen, man, this is a compass right here, and it says this is east, and that's west. Nope, nope, this is, this is east, that's west. Nope, nope, but literally, it's a compass. You couldn't do that. You couldn't point them to what was actually happening and be like, this is the truth. They were stiff-necked, and they did not want to listen. They refused to listen and failed to what? No, no, they failed to what? They refused to listen and failed to what? They failed to remember Listen, God was doing miracles around them, performing among them. They became stiff-necked in their rebellion. Rebellion means to go against a, a, a point, uh, in their rebellion, appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. They disobeyed God. They said, listen, we don't want to listen to you, Lord, what you're telling us. Instead, this is what we're going to do, right? So they actually made a golden calf. We'll find out later. They started to worship something else. But God, God, who is forgiving, who is gracious, who is compassionate, who is slow to anger, abounding in love, right? He forgave them, and he did not desert them. Saving what they cast themselves in the image of a calf. They made a calf. They made a golden cow, right? And they said, this is our God who brought us out of Egypt or when they committed other blasphemies. So they just, they just completely went off the, imagine, imagine if I just take this apart and, you know, I make a golden, a golden cow or a brown cow, and I start saying, man, this is the God who set me free from sin and, 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 and lust and all this stuff, right? They, they forgot who set them free. They forgot the God that set them free. And listen, there's some things in how that led up. They did not obey God. So first and foremost, they decided to be disobedient. Disobedience will kill you, my friends. Disobedience, no matter how little, how big, it will start to eat at you. Then they refused to listen. They didn't want to listen to God. They heard what he was saying, but they refused to listen. They stopped paying attention. Then they failed to remember. They failed to remember. They failed to remember. They did not remember the God who set them free. Now, if we can go back to the PowerPoint in HD, please. We need to see this because some of you are in the same rut. God, right, you come to Friday. You're like, man, this is an awesome service. God forgave me. I'm going to live good for Jesus now. All of a sudden, Monday comes. You do not obey God. God tells you to do something. You disobey God. Then you refuse to listen to the Holy Spirit that convicts you. After that, you fail to remember what God did for your life just last Friday. It's the same thing that the Israelites do. And this is the cycle of forgetfulness. The cycle, it's the cycle of the forgetful. Are you a forgetful Christian? Do you constantly forget what God has done for you day in, day out? Do you constantly forget that God loves you and he has a plan for you and he saved you from this sin and he saved you from that sin and he gave you a new life? Are you forgetting that God is the provider, that he cares for you? Or do you live life acting like no one in this world even thinks you matter when God from above, right, is thinking of you. He's considering you. He remembers you. You see, this is the thing, right? The Israelites, they failed to remember, and they were walking the wilderness for 40 years. They were stiff-necked. They were rebellious. They were in sin. Their life was like, it was full of destruction. And some of you are in that path right now. You don't even know God anymore. You don't care about him. Your spiritual life is in destruction. And even then, sometimes you're 
physical life, the stuff going on in your life, the depression, the anxiety, the problems at home, everything is going against you. And you're wondering, well, where did I go wrong? You forgot what God did for you. You forgot what God did for you. Now, I know problems are going to come. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about problems that come in, in accordance to your sin, right after your sin, right after your rebellion. You know, you're wondering, why can't I be happy anymore? Why, why am I not the Christian I used to be? Why don't I listen to God? Why don't I read my Bible? Well, A, you, did, you stopped obeying God. You stopped listening, and you failed to remember what God did for you, just like the Israelites. So do you follow that pattern? Do you know God forgives you? Then all of a sudden, do you turn away from that? And then do you just do your own thing? And then once you finally, finally realize you messed up, do you come back crawling to God? He forgives you because he's compassionate. Or do you find yourself in that cycle? Do you find yourself in that cycle? Stephanie, if you can come up, please. If you do, listen, I want to tell you, there is grace that you are, you just have to repent. Listen, what God has done for you is enough because there's this one thing God has done for you that, listen, everybody, it applies to your life, especially right now, and that's Jesus Christ dying on the cross, right? God sent his son, Jesus. That right there, God doing that for you is enough to keep you going your whole life. Remembering that Jesus Christ died on the cross, remembering that he shed his blood for you, remembering that by his blood your sins are forgiven, remembering that is enough. And some of you have experienced that in Elevate. And when you look back in the old days, it's not looking back really to how you were as a sinner, but it's looking back to you, how you were as a Christian, because you're no longer a Christian. You no longer love God like you used to. You no longer love God the way you did before. It's become old. It's become boring. It's become the same routine. Where did it all go wrong? You forgot. You failed to remember. You failed to remember all the times God was there for you. You failed to remember the Son of God who came and died for your sins. If I can have my altar workers up, please. See, this is, this is something you should do every day. This is, this is to give you something practical. Remember and understand what God has done for you. Remember and understand it. Remember and understand it. Then remember and understand how undeserving we are. We didn't deserve anything that God did for us. So the, what God has done could be nothing if he gave us what we deserved. So out of that, be humble and obey God. Because here's a principle. Once you remember what God has done for you, you should obey him. You should obey him. If you can go to back to Deuteronomy 30, uh, 5.15, 5.15. See, this is, in closing, this is, this is basically what you have to do. If you want to live holy, if you want to live right by God, if you want to follow him, you have to remember that you were slaves in Egypt Right? You have to remember that. Okay? And then you have to remember this, therefore, right here. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you. Therefore, usually talks about what's before that. See, God, when he's telling the Israelites to do something, he doesn't refer to like, well, I'm just God. You know what I'm saying? Let me do this, right? No, he's referring them back to what he did for them. So, if you experience God, God has done something for you, refer back to that and obey him. Refer back to him and refer back to that and obey him. 
The God who gave you breath in his lungs, therefore obey him with every breath. The God who gave your hands and your feet, therefore honor God with your body. The God who saved your soul, therefore live for him. You see, God, when he has done something for you, that's not just you to sit back, put it, out a, put it as a picture, and just look at it for your life, but you're to run with it. God did this for me. I'm going to do this. God saved me from sin. Therefore, I'm going to go preach the gospel. God saved me from depression and anger. Therefore, I'm going to talk to every angry and depressed person I see and let them know about Jesus who saves. You see, it's out of that God did this for me. I, I, I just feel like I have to do this. I know I have to do this now. So this is, if you guys can all stand up, please. It's a simple message. Not a lot of fire, just real simple. You look back to your past, think about what God has done in your past, and then obey Him. Because you've seen He's faithful. Because you've seen He's faithful. And this is going to be the altar call. Nothing flashy. If you, forget, if you continue to forget about what God has done in your life, you should come up. If you constantly go through problems in your life and you forget there's a God who's there for you, you need to come up. If you constantly feel go through temptation and instead of going to God, you simply go to that sin, you should come up. Because you need to remember. And for those that do not know what God has done for them, I want you to come up. I want you to come up right now because God will do something right now. And if you need anything for prayer, you can come up as well. With all eyes closed, all heads bowed, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Jesus, that you have done great things for us, Lord. God, you have saved us. You have, by your grace, allowed us to turn to you, Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross, for your resurrection, God for setting the captives free, Lord. I thank you, God. And I remember, Lord, when I turned away from you, I kept hearing your press, I kept hearing your voice calling me back. I thank you, Lord, for never giving up on me. Guys, right now, with eyes closed, begin to thank God. Begin to remember now. Begin to remember what has God done for you. Look back in the past. What has God done in your past? Begin to say it out loud. Begin to say it out loud. Thank you, God. I thank you for stopping me from losing my virginity at 13, Lord. I know right now, God, I could have had a kid. I could have been a sin. I could have been away from you, Lord. But you stopped me. God, I thank you, Lord, for when I was a depressed high school student, afraid of my future, Lord. You came. You saved me from sin. And you gave me a hope, Lord, that will not put me to shame. I thank you, God. That even now, Lord, you give me mercies that are new every day, Lord. I thank you, God, for protecting me from things I don't even know about, Lord. Hallelujah. What has God done for you? What has God done for you? Heavenly Father, I pray that in this time you would begin to speak to our hearts, Lord. All of our hearts, deacons, 201ers, 101ers, visitors, Lord. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God. I pray that we would not forget, but we would remember the old days when you, you set the captives free from Israel, I mean from Egypt. Your faithfulness was sending Jesus. And even in our own personal lives, 
And I pray that you would save those that do not know you and don't know what you have done. In Jesus' name. Listen, in this time of worship, just begin. If you don't need to come up to the altar, I want you to worship with a new sense of, of, of what God has done for you. Meditate on it. Consider it. Weigh it out now. Begin to ask God, God, where am I being disobedient in? Because listen, God deserves all of your life. What he's done for you weighs much more than your life. It's much more important than anything you've ever done. So where are you being disobedient? Where do you need to give God? What do you need to give God? As Stephanie sings, that's what your prayer needs to be. That's where your focus of worship needs to be.